Having built a reputation as a premier chef in Dallas, Junior Borges set out to find and build his own restaurant concept, but discovered something greater. The opportunity to leave a legacy through an expansive culinary project that's uniting a community. The Village is an expansive neighborhood in Texas with over 10,000 residents just minutes from downtown Dallas. But the area has lacked the amenities and restaurants to truly make it an independent neighborhood. That is, until now. Borges is overseeing the entire culinary operation for 12 restaurants, including a food hall and food mart, as part of an elaborate upgrade to his neighborhood. And executive chef Andre Natera is taking a visit to the construction site of the largest culinary project in North Texas. Roll in the crew, break ground, it's time to run the pass. We're in your new place. How did, how did this uh, come to fruition? Well, we are one of the residents of the village. This is a project that has been in the making for, for quite some time. The village is a this residential community that has been here for in Dallas for f over 50 years. Mm -hmm. So we're in the new development called the Dre. The Dre. So the new developments where a lot of the commercial stuff is going to go into, mm -hmm. we're going to have multiple restaurants and a food hall and a market and a bunch of fun stuff. Within one of those restaurants is also Meridian, which is like a restaurant that is like my concept and a restaurant that I've been working on for, for, for a little while. So all these restaurants now kind of coming into this, to this community, which in the past really hasn't had a whole lot of restaurants to begin with. So how do you see yourself and the other restaurants kind of integrating into, into the community that you have here? Well, I mean, it's pretty Exciting because I think this this whole area in Dallas has been a little bit of a ghost town. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to to, to restaurants, mm -hmm. and I think the unique thing is that we are operating, we conceptualize, we are developing all these restaurants mm -hmm. to be you know integrated. So so in a way they are not. I would say they are competing with one another. They are complementing, mm -hmm. you know, like one another. That is about. 10,000 people mm -hmm. that lived in the village alone. Mm -hmm. And so I think we already have a community built in, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're already kind of, this is in the heart of that community. Um, but it's also open for the public. So I think it is, it is kind of integrating at first, obviously our residents and, and, and who we're doing this for, uh, in the, as, a, as, a, as a main focus, but at the same time, we are welcoming like everyone. What are some of the different concepts that you're gonna have here? So we have quite a few. We have, so we have Meridian, it is- That's your baby. That's my baby. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, the American restaurant, kind of with the inspiration of my Brazilian roots. Mm -hmm. uh, we very much focus in on on ingredient driven. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a beautiful garden outside with, you know, just like a I, bunch I, of chefs these days. We also have like a community garden with people that live here as well. We also have a community garden for the residents. So separate from the garden of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. and, and then on top of, you know, all the, 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 the local farmers that we deal with. So that a lot of the focus of the restaurant would be that. We have a, from a Mediterranean concept, a Mediterranean wine bar. Mm -hmm to a Mexican concept, 
to a like a sports bar kind of gastropub mm -hmm. kind of style that is attached to a food hall. So, so basically the food hall will have concepts from burgers and tacos and pizza and healthier kind of options. We're very careful of creating these brands and, and, and creating things like food that appeals to everyone. I, I know this restaurant is going to be you know, really personal to you with, the, you know, with your Brazilian heritage. So what are, what are some of the things that uh, you know, when you were creating and conceptualizing some of the dishes, uh, you know, where, did, where did you pull from? So I pull a lot from things that were grew up, grew up eating, things that kind of uh, like meaningful to me in the, in, in the sense, but at the same time also pulling from past experiences and my experience of living, you know, living in New York for 13 years and working in various different restaurants from Michelin star kitchens to, to, to casual spots from everything, you know, and sort of bringing that kind of inspiration to the, to the philosophy of the restaurant, like I said, but kind of giving the Brazilian aspect, but not making this a strictly a Brazilian restaurant. You know, I think people people don't people don't conceptualize. I think when every time you hear sometimes a Brazilian restaurant, everybody thinks of a Brazilian steakhouse. Mm -hmm. So there are so much more, and I think my goal is to sort of present some of these items that are so like Brazilian, but you would never like necessarily think, and they may be even already some kind of association with things that you might have. It's not gonna be like weird. So like in introducing them to yes. stuff that they're already familiar with but that you didn't know was Brazilian to begin with. But people do, w didn't know that this was Brazilian. I think that is like a, that is like a dish that we're pretty excited about. It's like a, you know, and I think, and I, think I, I did it when I, we, we went there. It was like that Brazilian tapioca mm -hmm. fritter. You know, we're, we're doing a kind of a little compose, like kind of share, it's part of our share plates. and. And I think sometimes when you look at it, it almost looks like a tater tot, mm -hmm. you know, but has a completely different kind of approach and texture and mouthfeel than, than your normal tater tot. But it's not like something that is so out of people's, oh, people would eat that and be like, oh my God, like this is the most weird thing. I think they would eat it and be like, no, this is pretty tasty. So I saw on your on your Instagram you posted a picture of a bread service I think. Yeah. It has multiple yeah. multiple components to it. I thought that was really neat. I mean, wh where did you get the inspiration for that? So so growing up, uh, I think like you know because the, a lot of the Portuguese influence mm -hmm. in, in in Brazil and, and, and it's cooking. When you go to like a nicer restaurant, you would also always order what we call the cover, and cover. It means that like it's a, it's just a little initiation of your meal, mm -hmm. where you get some basket of like maybe some crackers and bread and things like that, with some kind of spread. Sometimes we're like chicken liver mousse and olives and butter and some spread and some maybe some cheese and some ham, almost like a little antipasto kind of like you know style. So that was kind of like the inspiration, the inspiration that we we wanted to do like something unique with bread service. Um, I feel like, you know, we have gone such long ways with bread service in our industry where before it used to just be a granted, here it is, like, you know, here's some, like, you know, bread and some lame butter. 
yeah. you know? And so we wanted to elevate that, but also introduce something that was pretty more of a composed thing. We have an awesome hat baker on our team. And so the idea is that the bread, just like the menu, just like everything else would evolve. Mm. So maybe, so maybe it would be, we would call it almost like a daily bread. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that you have um, your head baker already on this this far out. How 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 do you look at when you start bringing people on? It's been a struggle, that's for sure. Um, I mean, we we are kind of depending so much on right on construction and what construction is telling us and how those dates work and and then you create your budget and then you create like you know this and then you create your timeline and you bring and people it, this it time and it never sticks. Yeah. It never happens, right? And you knew that those things never happened, but at the same time, you, you have this deadline and you have dates that you need to hit. So we're kind of navigating through that um, construction dates and all that, and then COVID happens. Mm -hmm. And then sort of put a big wrench and question mark on everything, like you know, how much things were gonna be delayed, how much they're not gonna be delayed. Uh, and have you incorporated COVID protocols into, or, or made any changes directionally for any of the restaurants due to COVID? We have, we have kind of like, you know, put a, a I mean, just company-wise and restaurant, just operation-wise, we have like, you know, systems and, and things we have put in place in, in, in case something like that happened. We haven't fully opened yet, right? Like, so we are not operating to the sense of seeing what those things are, if what they are working, what not working, which in part, it was, it, 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 the fact that we are not open, it has obviously, as disadvantage has, has been, has always been a kind of like, you know, a, a, a little, like a better word, I mean, I would say like a blessing in disguise because it's allowing us to sort of see what works, what doesn't work, and even, it even, socializing in general, right? Like I feel like, I mean, if this, if this were to happen two weeks after everything shut down, this would probably wouldn't happen, right? Because we're all like so scared to, to, to begin with. And so I, think, so I think like understanding those things, uh, uh, it has helped us put those systems in place and they're there in place for when we, for when we open. And, and the hiring has is, is, is been, is been interesting. I mean, we will start to bring some people on board and identifying the, 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 the head chefs and the GMs and, you know, like in that, that, group of, that group of people and have everyone help develop, you know, I developed a lot of these menus, a lot of that initialization of all the work, you know, like I want to kind of bring people into the fold and make them sure that they are have the ownership and have the understanding and, and, and really feel like they're part of this. When you're, when you're interviewing these chefs, are these people that you've worked with in the past or do you, do you put them through a, a special uh, cooking criteria or anything like that? Some of them, some of them we, we, you know, there is a decent amount of them that either have worked in the past or have known from, maybe I haven't really worked with them, but I've known them from the industry. So those are the people that kind of have made it, its way into uh, the team so far. Mm -hmm. We know that, I mean, as many people as I know, I can never 
fit this entire project, you know, like with everyone from my speed dial. Yeah. So I think the, 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 the primary goal is to find, you know, I've been going through the interview, we have a system of like, we go put everyone through a, an assessment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that like, you know, we all believe in as a company. And, and that assessment has helped us kind of identify some, some things, which is, I've never really personally had worked with that in the, in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and it was clear to me that that was like, that was really interesting when we were reviewing a guy and he, he was burnt out. He had like, uh, I mean, he has great experience, but he was definitely like on the, about to jump, yeah. you know, yeah. and and his assessment showed that, yeah. like his assessment showed that it was like I mean to the point that it's like when we revise, like we're like like hey, this guy might need I don't know if he's ready for something mm -hmm. right now. He might need like a break, and then when I told him, he's like, dude, like that's exactly what I what I need. I need a break. So it has helped us kind of like identifying some candidates that might fit either the personality of the team that is already in place around them, mm -hmm. and. But it's a bunch of little things that makes it right. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, it's this is the right match between this guy and this manager or this personality and that personality, or even sometimes a lot with some of these concepts that already had been laid out as concepts. And I think as much, like I said, I want people to take ownership and be creative and be like, you know, themselves. But that is also like an understanding that I think for chefs, a lot of chefs uh, that are still out there, mm -hmm. that kind of have this idea that's like, okay, I'm gonna be a head chef, so it's gonna be my show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like, they, they forget that they're part of a larger team. They forget that they're a part of a larger team. They forget that they have like, you know, they have to, this is a concept that it's, it's here. Like you gotta live, you gotta work around this concept, you know? You're, as a chef, typically you're about four or five steps ahead of the trend from the people that are eating, right? Yeah. You're, you're seeing things five moves ahead. Um, what sorts of things do you hope uh, that by the time you're opening that the public is ready for? Hey, kind of hard now, I feel like with COVID, I think like it has definitely kind of put a, a big question mark in some of that, that Sometimes I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think about, I feel like I've, I've developed some of the, the, what the restaurant is about and, uh, and I have stuck by it for the most part uh, without maybe changing too much of what I was, what I already kind of had laid out and envisioned for the, for, the, for the food to be and for the concept to be. But I think that it's definitely this, I don't know, navigating, you know, like the crowds, I feel like, okay, is it, does people want to go to I'm not saying that that's what we're gonna do, but right, right? Does people want to go to a tasting menu restaurant right now? Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe they do. No, like, I don't know. Or they want to just like, they wanna make it a super special occasion, or they just want something that is really comforting. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of finding the, 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 the balance is, is really important. Uh, I think the style of the restaurant, the style of the, the, the my cooking and what we're going for is trying to hit just that, mm -hmm. is hit some kind of like, what's the word? Like kind of just, just hitting that, 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 the sort of medium ground of something exciting mm -hmm. because, right, they haven't really had maybe this 
the fish this way, or they haven't had maybe like, you know, the tartare this way, mm -hmm. or this large format this way, because we're doing this, maybe the spin on like Brazilian mm -hmm. stuff. Like, you no, know, it's not like, you know, I don't know, like how many other Brazilian chefs out there right. making, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's, I feel like it's already unique mm -hmm. in itself a little bit, but then at the same time, I am just my style. I think like I is the refined the, the the refined simplicity. If I can achieve that that that, I think that would be the the goal. So you mentioned the food hall, and yesterday I was uh, speaking with Tiffany Derry and, and and at the food hall there and at Legacy. Um, what do you think it is that's, that's causing people to gravitate uh, towards these food halls? And you're seeing this emergence of food halls right now in, in, in big cities, specifically here in Dallas. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like, as a, like a, just like a super case study uh, or the, having all the, the facts in front of me, but I can tell that it's like, I think what appeals, like, I mean, when I go to, to, to Legacy Hall or any other food hall, I think like, what is interesting is because you, you have all different concepts that are elevated. There's not your food hall from a mall or right. from maybe like, you know, um, uh, uh, maybe some offerings of a movie theater. And, and so there are, they are already kind of like, you know, elevating their game. That is offerings that I feel like appeal to almost everyone, you know, like, industry like you know like industry people included like food food chefs and whoever I mean you can go like yeah I love a taco I love a burger I love a pizza I love fried chicken I love this I love you know what I mean like I, I, I can eat I love all these things and I think it's just so is the regular public as well like I mean I think the ability to like go and say hey let's meet up a group of four people you can get this, you can get this, you can get this. There is less of a serious commitment mm -hmm. to like a, a, a set dining experience. You can easily go in and out. You can easily go with a group of people, you know, like kind of get what you want. And, and I think it's, it's that, I feel that that accessibility and that sort of a, of a, those kind of how the, those offerings are, I think really appeal to people. And I think really like increases the, the how they are, they are, I mean, their chances to go out and experience with, uh, with friends, you know, mm -hmm. without kind of having to commit so much. And then, and then for operationally wise, I feel it's, it's a good thing for those restaurants too, because you only committed to do, like you don't need to do a 25 item 25 menu item, right? Like you're already only producing this short menu. You focus on that, you deliver that. It's the downfall of so many chefs that like, I have like 50 items on the menu and some of them are good, some of them are not, but yeah. it's sensory overload where with the food hall, I, I like the fact that you could just say, we're really good at this. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and we're really going for this, you know, like, and if you need to adjust, you adjust, but it's like, it's, it's a, lot, a lot more focus. Thank you for everything. I, I, I'd like to see the garden and, and see some of the other space if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's yeah. go. Uh, what's the timeline looking like to uh, open all the, all the places up? 
Uh, we are coming up in the next uh, couple of weeks into our market. That would be kind of one of the first things we open. And then subsequently, like things are going to start opening right after that. The plan as these, these places are being delivered to us. And then we start to kind of like, you know, plan the openings with staffing and everything and, and start pulling the trigger, you know, like, but uh, everything is sort of going to be working off like the, we call the village main street, you know? So in the beginning of that street, it's like MOGO, which is our market standing for modern goods. And then we're gonna start kind of like, you know, working through like uh, all some of the venues there are, there are along the way. This is a super exciting project. I'm really happy for you. I can't wait to come back and try the food. I hope you'll have me in. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait for you to have it. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, th thanks for being here. Thanks for answering the questions. And, uh, and, and looking forward to it. Thank, Thank you for, me, for, for making me a part of it. Thank you. Take care. Chef Andre Natera will be back as he learns how one restaurant's ownership partnered with the world-famous ceramic king of Mexico, Jose Noe Suro, to create a one-of-a-kind restaurant adorned with his art.